to the Hop the Craft Beer Podcast, making beer fun, inclusive, and entertaining each and every week. I am Stephen Humes, joined as always by my co-host extraordinaire, Gabriel Apria. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us for this wonderful Thirsty Thursday. It's round 121. Gabe, what's the square root of 121? Fuck if I know. Five. Give it a shot. I don't know. It's 11. Um, Oh, that makes more sense. I didn't do well in math. (laughs) I like the number 121. It's a, a, what do they call it? A, a, A palindrome number? All right, Stephen, we get it. You're smart. Okay, okay? Maine Beer Company is where we're Not going. Not all of us know what the hell's going on. We're here to drink beer in inclusionary. That's what it's all about. Yes, if whether you're good at math or bad, welcome in. Uh, Maine <laughs> Beer Company, we're going back up to the state that is Maine. I was going to throw out what they call it, you know, like there's, you know, like the Constitution State. What the do Grand- they call it? I don't know. That's why I stopped. The Lobster State, because sure. apparently you can get good lobster. I don't know. In Maine? Yeah, definitely. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. This Maine? is this is a brewery we... I feel like every like well-known brewery at this point is like a, huh, they should have done that by now. But whatever. We, we, we have a lot and we wanted to hit the... You know, we wanted to hit them all. And so we're adding Maine Beer Company to the list. We've got three awesome beers, uh, one of which... You probably know what we're drinking. The other two, maybe not. Uh, we're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. News and notes, other beers. We have a a sad slash fun, fun topic. Uh, and we're just ready to dive in. So thank you guys again for joining us. Maine is the pine tree state, for the record. There we that's, go. That's according to, according to the Google. Uh, yeah, Maine is, Maine is a weird place, and I feel like it's like in New England, so it feels like it should be right there, you know, like Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. You spend a lot of time in all those places, but Maine feels like so far away to me. It does. From all the it other ones. It does feel far, especially because, you know, from like New York and Connecticut, it's a, it's a bit of a drive. Have you ever been to York, Maine? I have no idea. I've been to wherever there's an LL Bean factory, <laughs> and okay. I've, and I've done you. some uh, skiing in Maine. But okay. uh, I, I will be in York, Maine, very soon for a wedding. So oh. I'll rep- I'll report back. Great, love to see it. Uh, we've had a few Maine breweries on the show, Allagash. Uh, as well as Mass Landing was a Maine brewery, but it's been a minute. So we're back in Maine. I really want to stop saying Maine. So uh, let's just get into the news, shall we? Beer news. Okay, so trends and highlights and things of that nature. This may be hard to believe, but we are moving into August. In fact, the day this episode drops, it will be August already. Uh, so Oktoberfest beers are out. They're hitting the shelves. I am already seeing some fest beers, some... Uh, you know, those fall flavors, those Marzins, those lagers are coming out. So get Don hyped. your leader hosen, <laughs> which means our Oktoberfest episode is not far off. So it's hell time to yeah. start thinking about what we're going to do. Uh, Lagunitas has a new look. That's fun. Why not? Wow. Why not mention that? It's like they, they kind of I mean, they're just rebranding a little bit. It's still the same Lagunitas IPA that you no, and may or may not love, but they added like a like a dog on it. It's got like a red vibe to it now. It's uh, like a red and black label. It's kind of entertaining. I've, de- I've definitely seen that dog before, maybe, but yeah, it's new. It's fun. 
uh, rebranding is always a good way to go. Shake sure. things up a little bit. Um, shout out to a new brewery, Sunken Ship Brewing Company. We don't talk about new breweries very often on the show, but we just felt like we have had so many f- brewery funerals, as it were, that we'd, we'd give some well wishes to a new brewery in, in Minnesota. Thank God. You yeah. know. They're, well done, guys. Welcome. And if we can get your beer, we'll throw you on the hop. Yeah, that would be cool because I don't know if we've ever had a brewery from Minnesota before. Couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't think. think so. Uh, it's been 120 episodes. We have we're losing track at this point. But uh, Sunken Ship Brewing, we wish you guys well. May you fare well in the industry. Uh, <laughs> their building looks cool. Uh, and finally. Supply chain issues, which are less fun. Um, We've talked a lot about the can shortages. There's also a carbon dioxide shortage that we have talked about. It continues to be an issue, and it is now moving into the state of Massachusetts, which brings us to our first real story, which is that Night Shift is suspending operations at their Everett facility almost entirely. They have... uh, Night Shift has has been on our show. They've had their issues, um, to for sure, uh, including that they were one of the breweries named in the whole Brienne Allen Brave Noise uh, situation. So they've definitely had some some stuff going on. But this CO2 shortage is kind of a thing that just put them over the edge um, along with the can shortage and all that. So they're going to keep brew, uh, brewing their beer and keep producing at the level that they have been, but they're going to be doing it out of Jack's Abbey nearby in Framingham, as well as <laughs> the Isle Brewers Guild, which is in Rhode Island. So the company says that production and distribution will continue as usual, which is good. However, uh, definitely going to see jobs cut. They made this announcement last week, and they told employees there that they could see their jobs terminated as soon as literally the end of the day that they made the announcement. So definitely yeah. uh, jobs being cut, not good for the company. Um they did say in a statement that they've known about these issues for many years. They've been trying to solve the problem, investing millions of dollars in equipment, things like that. They had plans to build a new brewery in Philly. They scrapped that after the pandemic. So uh, it's been a weird just period of ups and downs for the old, uh, the old night shift crew. They originally announced this on their Instagram, I believe on their story and then eventually made a post about it. I, 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 I believe I remember they did throw out a number of how many people they're cutting. However, in the interest of getting it wrong, I'm, I just won't say because I don't think I really know the number. But yeah, unfortunately, this is something that breweries face with and have to deal with. And Night Shift, we hope you can get back on track soon. Yep. Uh, we hope you can get it together, guys. Uh, did have good beers. Issues issues in the brewery, for sure. But yeah. Uh, but some good beers, so we'll see. Sierra Nevada, you know them, you love them. They're great. Ah, crap! We got this funeral music. Is it? Is they, it? I was wondering they, if I should play it or not, but I think it's worth it. I mean, I think it's worth it. It makes me giggle a little bit every time. Uh, they are closing their Berkeley Tap Room. It is known as the Torpedo Room. It had been in business for nearly a decade. Also, they announced on an Instagram post last week that it was finally time to cut the tie and 
lay it to rest. It's tough for us to write these words, quoted the company in Instagram posts, but the effects of the pandemic from staffing shortages to wayward foot traffic ultimately made the torpedo room unsustainable. It's very sad. Obviously, we don't want to see this. And, you know, again, going off of the whole job thing, people are losing their or maybe out of jobs. They may need to relocate. That sucks. We never want to see that. Go support Sierra Nevada. They've been on our show definitely more than once. Uh, they Sierra have Nevada great beers. was the second episode we ever did, I think. They were like, yeah, they've been there since the beginning. They've been they've been the OGs metaphorically and figuratively, and they've been great. You know their beers. They're they're another like they're they're a trust fall brewery. Like oh, you don't yeah. need to worry about like, just grab one. You're gonna love it. Don't worry about it. It's kinda like that. So uh so yeah, something to we'll we'll keep tabs on this uh as the story if the story develops. Yeah, Sierra Nevada as a brewery, I you know, is fine, but um it's basically yeah. this this tap room which is a, a restaurant in berkeley uh that had shut down so after nearly a decade in business you hate to see it all right Damn in it. a section that i'm calling stories that won't go away first of all <laughs> uh, stories on repeat <laughs> just that i i'm kind of sick of talking about but i feel tied to it at this point uh our good <laughs> friends over at molson cores uh where's the old uh where there is it? it is there he is stay thirsty my friends Molson Coors, a, a, a judge denied their attempt to throw out the $56 million jury award that they need to pay Stone Brewing. If you haven't been keeping up with this story, first of all, go back and listen to all of our episodes. But second of Literally all... Literally every single one. <laughs> uh, Molson Coors, Stone Brewing so, sued Molson Coors because they said that their Keystone brand, uh, the way they put it on the cans was a copyright infringement. A judge agreed with them. A jury awarded Stone Brewing $56 million. Molson Coors doesn't want to pay it. Molson Coors, pay up. Stop being a bitch. Pay Y'all got man. that green? Throw, just make it rain. Y'all got that green? Pay him. Uh, and after weeks of anticipation, Maui <laughs> Brewing is officially <laughs> moving forward, acquiring modern times. Are they? That's what they say. I assume by the time this episode drops, that will already have changed and it'll be being bought by like, you <laughs> it'll know, be another, yeah, another like brewery that's been on our show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, you know, we've talked a lot about this. Brewery X had won the bid. They moved forward with it for a while. Then they backed out. Then Maui was next in line. Maui now uh, is, I guess, moving forward with it. So for now, Maui Brewing will take over. Modern times and their facilities and that will be good for maui brewing in terms of getting their beer more onto the mainland yeah uh, man i we did maui brewing not too long them. ago i loved their beers yeah, they were really them. good the cans were shaped differently good on you customization and this is really exciting our problem is every episode we see it makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about. We're just <laughs> reporting what we are reading. And the story keeps changing. So don't blame us. Yeah, we're not inside these negotiations. Um, so I just hope that this is the end of it. But uh, this whole modern times saga, are we selling? Are we not selling? Blah, blah, blah. The CEO stepping down. More Brienne Allen. It's just been a lot for this company and um it's just been yeah. a wild ride to follow they've been in the press a little bit more than they should be and <laughs> more, more than they want to be it's starting to show yeah um well maui brewing congrats on your purchase i hope you enjoy it 
And in one of our favorite segments, our favorite beer is back. This week in gross. <laughs> This Notice beer, the sarcasm. This beer haunts me. This, this beer, beer, when I when you close your eyes at night, do you see it? Do you yeah, taste this, it? This beer is the stuff of nightmares. This beer needs to be stopped. This beer, um, the the people that love this beer and demand it every year, I need to have a talk with. Just a yeah. slight intervention. I'm not saying that they're bad people, but I am saying that they are um incorrect uh if you don't know what we're talking about it's four quarters tomato (laughs) basil back Uh. on the scene we are sorry to say uh the brewery announced that we now we don't cover beer releases on the show and this but this one we do this has been this week in gross in the past so we don't have to spend a lot of time on this but look the brewery said it is with great pleasure that we announced the release of our fan favorite tomato basil, a 5% sour ale made with local basil and roasted tomatoes. Um, Gabe and I did this as a video. You can find it on our YouTube channel under the playlist, other fun stuff or something like that. It's called something like that. And there's a whole video of us tasting this and the pickle beer from four quarters. Correct. And, it it was tough. Let me tell you something. We we struggled to get through that. And as we we have made you guys know very well, we don't leave beer on the table. It's just something we believe in. We don't let beer go to waste. So when the cameras were turned off, we had to finish this. So yeah. basically, it's like drinking pizza sauce that's a beer and is carbonated. And if you're gagging like we did, correct. You're in the right place. What's fucked up about that is that we had to buy four packs of these beers. So, so, or no, we had to buy two of each. We had to buy, we bought two cans of each, but we ended up splitting one can each. So we had to walk away. There was one can of each left and we had to walk away with it. Gabe took the pickle because it was objectively the lesser of two evils. Thereby sticking me with the tomato beer, which for the record is still in my fridge. Hey, you know what? You gave me the option. You said, which one do you want? And I think before he even finished the sentence, I was like, pickle. Because I just didn't trust that you would keep the tomato. I just thought it would end up in a trash can somewhere if I left it with you. To be honest, I I moved recently. It probably wouldn't have made the move. And what's ironic is I didn't mean to pack the pickle. I meant to leave it at my old apartment. But for some reason, I was... I was going through my fridge and I was like, oh, crap, this is here. It made it. Damn it. I was See, pissed. But... I don't trust you because of what you did with those vodka <laughs> waters, those coconut waters we had. And I just I I knew I couldn't leave the tomato in your hands. So I took it. But I still haven't found anyone to take it off my hands in like a year, which makes it worse because it's a sour. So it doesn't have that kind of shelf life. So it's going to be worse than it was. But it will not go down the drain. I promise you that. No, it will not. And I... I oh this one's tough. If if you really like this beer, please tell us why. <laughs> I uh, it was tough, but it's back and it gives us a reason to play the drop. So here we are, four quarters. Let, let's let's once again, as we always say, four quarters. The brewery, love, love you them. guys, love them, great beers, amazing. You've got 
awesome dope IPAs. You've the got a great ale. West Coast IPA, the Brown Ale. Oh. I found one recently. It, it's Sky something. I don't remember the name of it right now. It was so, so good. It's a dope IPA. The brewery as a whole is amazing. But this just, these two beers are just like, oh, why? Why are you doing this to us? We say it with all the love in the world. Ugh. Stop. Um, Please stop. Okay, that said, we're going to go to another New England brewery, and that is Maine Brewing Company. And I propose a toast. Okay, this is a poem first published in an issue of the New Yorker magazine in June of 1952 by a Mainer. His name is Alistair Reed. These islands are all anchored deep, dark down, pines pitch thick, gnarled green, and rich of root, logs lying, lopped boughs, branches, broken rock, the bow of a boat, the length of a life, weed water. <laughs> I am an island. This is nearest home. Time is called morning, clinging, moist, mist-ridden. Days are disguised, the houses are half trees. Wind in the attic, sea in the cellar, words all alien. Though sun burns books, blinds eyes, I see through to the bone and the beginning. Tomorrow waits for the net. Today tells time in circles on the trunks, in tides. Boats are lucky. Love is lucky. Children are kings, and we must listen to the wise wind, saying all our other lives are lies. That is called Maine Coast. It's poem you about had, you had me at moist. <laughs> he had me at weed water. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that's in a poem for real. All right, let me turn this off. Nobody's getting. Yeah, because today. he knew what he was doing. Well done. Well done, Alistair. All right, and with that, three beers to get through. Let's go to Maine Brewing Company. Alright, alright. I'm gonna kick things off. We Please are do. gonna start separately and then join in later. I'm gonna start off with the this beer is called a tiny beautiful something. It is their pale ale, and apparently, from what I've read online, it's dope. It is a year-round selection, 5.5%, no IBUs to speak of. Beer Advocate gave it a 90. Untapped gave it a 3.94. There are Eldorado hops. It is the only hop that is in this beer. The malts are American Two-Row, Caramel 40L, Carapils, and Flaked Oats. From the website, our single hop pale ale brewed to highlight the flavors and aromas of El Dorado hops. That was less exciting than I thought it was going to be, but that's what they wrote. On the bottle, there's a quote from someone named Alice Walker. In nature, nothing is perfect and everything is perfect. Trees can be contorted, bent in weird ways, and they're still beautiful. Lovely. Love that journey for us. You know, this brewery has a lot to do with, like, uh, and we'll talk about it, sort of um, nature, giving back to the earth. Uh, you know, they have a whole program about it, which is one reason that that toast feel, felt really appropriate for me, because mm. it's just sort of like it seems like 
I don't know. You just don't think of Maine being like nature and the coastline and stuff. But it is, though. I mean, it's like a lot of it is on the water, right? Oh, I can't see that. Yeah. It's behind me. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it, it is. And so, um, yeah, a lot of their beers have like names related to nature or trees or islands or li- different things like that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, we love nature. You got you to get outside and enjoy it and keep it safe. Hashtag recycle. Hot take from the hop. We love nature. We love nature. <laughs> Oh, uh, there it is. This beer is in the glass for you YouTubers. For those of you not on YouTube, uh, SRM chart, probably between like a 9 and an 11-ish. It's uh, it's It kind of looks like darkened orange juice. Uh, it's not hazy or anything. It's a pale ale. Uh, a little cloudy, but nothing too bad. Um, I can see shapes through it. Uh, ring around the glass, not a lot of head retention or lacing, it seems. Uh, the quote from the site says the flavor po- profile has aromas of orange marmalade, apricot and floral perfume, notes of spice and earth. Most of the reviews I read online also agreed with that. So let's see what we're getting into. So the brewery, uh, the first year that they added this, I think, was around 2014, and they had started playing around with this hop. They said that uh, they decided the El Dorado hop was unique and interesting to them. That's why they decided to throw it down as a single hop pale ale. Whenever breweries do single hop, uh, whether they're IPAs or pale ales, it's nice because it really allows uh, the that particular hop to shine in the way that only it can and so you don't end up sitting there going yeah that's probably the citrus the mosaic the whatever coming through you go no okay this is this is el dorado this is what el dorado does so this is sort of brewed as a uh celebration to that with a touch of flaked oats in the malt build as well to sort of silk it out out the mouthfeel apparently according to what i I read I want a shirt that says silk it out silk it out baby (laughs) and when someone asks me what it means i'll say i don't know either it smells hoppy. It smells earthy. It smells a little spicy, but it smells orange. It smells cit- citrus. Uh, orange marmalade is perfect. It's right on the nose. It's it smells. This may not be the best. It smells like sticky in a way. It it, it not in the sense of like you know stick your hand to something. I just mean like. Just the like that those juices, you know how when you when you drink like a fresh fruit juice smoothie or something like that, there's like the flavor kind of it sticks in your mouth a little bit. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm getting that off of the smell originally. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of zest. Uh, the, definitely the floral notes, which is really nice and interesting. If I had to guess, it smells like a very low ABV IPA in a way. Just because it smells pretty hoppy, yeah, that makes. I mean, that's what a pale ale kind of is, I guess. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, but in terms of the hoppiness that you are getting, like the citrus, are you finding it more tropical or less tropical? Because the El Dorado hop, according to the company that makes it, which is Yakima Valley Hops out of uh, the Pacific Northwest, they do kind of. Marketed as like a pineapple tropical hop. I, I'm not not getting that. Okay. But I, I think for me personally, I'm just getting more orange apricot. But Fair the whole pineapple tropicalness is there. I just don't think it's that strong for me. 
more stone I, fruit, watermelon type, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I'd just say more citrus overall. Um, but again, my nose is different from the other people's noses, so it could be a little bit different. Just like my taste buds are different. And if if, if you if you don't mind, I'm gonna give her a spin. Do your thing. I like that you said my nose is different from others. It's like when we it's like when we look at the SRM chart and we're like, you know, depending on your light, depending on your chart, depending on your nose, depending uh, on if you have a green screen behind you, it all depends. That, yeah. Well, then if it's green, it won't show up. We know. That, why am I holding that? Uh, <laughs> if you're on YouTube, that uh, I'm sorry. That was a weird moment. Uh, how does that taste, Gabe? It's great. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Easy to drink. It's easy to drink. I okay. I didn't want to say that, but I think I am gonna say it. I think this follows the nose very well. I think all of the nose, uh, all the smells on the nose is what is kind of replicated in the taste. It does have a little bit of that earthiness. I think there, there's more earthiness in the in the smell than the taste, which is not a problem at all. I think it has a lot of that citrus quality to it. It's got great carbonation. The back end is not really that bitter, if that at all. It's pretty easy to go down. Uh, on the taste, because it has the flaked oat malts, I am getting a slight bit of creaminess of that flaked oak oat um concept mouthfeel yeah Yeah. i mean it's just we've had so many beers that have flaked oats in it and it makes it a little more smooth or a little more creamier in the mouth and that definitely comes through it's not you know like a milkshake ipa or anything like that It, it stays true to the pale ale form but it's it's bright it's refreshing it's got a medium body to it. It tastes good. I'm drinking out of this. It looks like a giant bottle, but it just says it's one pint. Uh, Wait, it's a you nine. poured it, right? You, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said that, yeah, no, you said that like it. you were swigging from the whole. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Just, I'm in the, I, got a, I got the classic beer yeah, mug. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it classy. One of these days we'll drink from a 750 mil bottle just because yeah. we're idiots. But No, but all their uh, beers come in these uh, one pint plus nine, nine fluid no. ounces. They're like yeah. a little larger than a pint. Um, it's kind of dope. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's a good marketing strategy. But I enjoy it. I, I, I think it's thirst quenching, but at the same time, it makes you go back. It makes you go back for more sips. Like I, I need to, like I'm thirsty again, so I got to keep sipping on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> poor me. Um, and I, I love, I love the quote too, from Alice Walker, the, the nature quote. I, I, cause I looked for it on the website and I was like, oh, this is just on this bottle. I feel mm. like this is a special little occasion here. So, uh, big fan, big fan. All right. I'm jumping in here. Uh, cause I don't like watching you drink and not drinking with you. So, uh, I am doing the little whale boat. I'm all about the IPAs today. And this is the first one that I'm going with. Little Whaleboat IPA, it is a 6.5% ABV IPA. Untapped has it at 4.02. Beer Advocate has it at 91. Uh, on the bottle, 
This is the quote from the company. It says, Little Whaleboat Islands, made up of Little Whaleboat Nate and Tuck, are a cluster of three small islands and ledges in Casco Bay, a vital link in the chain of protected islands conserved by Maine Coast Heritage Trust. See, that's what I was saying before. Protection of these islands provides sanctuary to a range of wildlife, including seals, seabirds, shorebirds, and wading birds, while preserving a unique place off the coast of Maine for future generations to experience. No wonder so, you picked this beer. It, it makes sense because of how much you love birds. It's doing it for the birds. <laughs> Uh, the brewery promises a flavor profile of uh, aromas of mango, pineapple, grapefruit, and pine with floral notes of rose and chamomile. The hops are Citra, Mosaic, Columbus, and Talus. The malt is American two-row, Maine, Malt, House Pilsner, Blue Ox Wheat, and Blue Ox Light Munich. Nice. So take all that in. Here it is in the glass in all of its glory it's on the srm chart i'm putting it around a three or a four it's pretty pale yellow golden mm. yellow uh it's got a little bit of cloudiness to it but it's not a hazy ipa so that's interesting it's pretty uh it seems pretty well filtered to me um it seems like it's more in the west coast tradition than the new england one which is interesting, especially with those citron mosaic hops. I was, get out of my head. I was literally just about to say, oh, I feel like we're going to get a classic New Englander. Yeah, but I mean, it's that's not what it looks like to me. Yeah. Um, it looks clear and you can kind of see, I mean, you can kind of see through the glass. If you're watching on, on YouTube, you can take a look at it. Uh, so, yeah, here we go. It poured with a... Uh, Short but noticeable fluffy white head. Uh, it does have some decent retention. It's still there. Uh, the lacing seems to be there. It just seems pretty frothy in the glass. And I'm going to dip my nose in it right now. It looks like a pillow. It looks like your nose has a place to relax as you sniff that beer. Right? Like I want to lay down <laughs> on top of this. <laughs> Most beers do, which is pretty cool. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of foam. It's like, no, this is legitimately a pillow. Mm, the, the nose is really uh, zesty and uh, peppery. And the citrus obviously is there. It mm. is an IPA, but uh, the citrus is not particularly tropical to me. Uh, the grapefruit comes through. The pine comes through. I would say there's a little bit of lemon. I would say the hops are incredibly floral. And that's where I think the kind of uh, rose, chamomile, maybe a little bit of lavender comes in. Mm. There uh, is a tropical undertone, but I don't think it's the predominant thing. I think I could I detect some pineapple here, but I don't get a whole lot of like mango or anything super um, sweet citrus. It's more the bitter side. Again, that follows that West Coasty thing. I was just about to say, so maybe it is more of a West Coaster then. Yeah. No wonder you picked this beer. The malt is well, I had see the thing is I had no way of knowing because <laughs> their um their bottles are so and we'll talk about this later, but like everything with Maine Brewing Company and I kind of Maine Beer Company, sorry, is very it's just a very clean, streamlined aesthetic. Yeah. It's very like, and so their bottles do not have a lot of information. No, it's I don't know what you and Bob are going to talk about later because it's it's just so clean. I feel, I mean, even I feel like their motto should just be "shut up and drink it." <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Their motto is "do what's right," which is kind of another way of saying that. But even down to their brewery, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the brewery behind me. Wow, that looks gorgeous. 
it's just so modern. It's just so sleek and clean. Wow. It looks like um, no one's going to understand that reference, so I'm not even going to say it. But oh, come on! It, have you seen the movie Burnt with Bradley Cooper? Yes. You and I are the only two people in the world who've seen it. But so you know the other guy's restaurant. Yeah, uh, it looks yeah. like his restaurant in here. It's like, like sometimes where it's like, this podcast is just for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a science lab in there, and it's yeah, like very no, white. Really, yeah, that's I don't I I can't remember the guy's name, but no, you're absolutely right. It looks exactly like it. Holy, that's shit. Maine Beer Company. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna drink this now. That's incredible. Thank you for being there with me on that. That's no, I see, got this. That's, it's a good movie, and I it's on uh it's on our list. I have a movie list and TV show list because there's too many to th- keep up with at this point in time. So it got added to the list. Um, one thing I want to say very quickly about the three beers we have today: they all got a ninety or better beer advocate rating score, which is pretty freaking impressive. So people really like these beers. This beer is. Interesting. I don't know. It's not a New England IPA. It's not juicy, but it's also not really a West Coast. It's more, it's just an American IPA. It's just like, it's a blend of the two styles, kind of. Um, what Interesting. It is, uh, so the citrus is there, but there's nothing tropical in the mouth to me. It's very heavy grapefruit, tangerine, very bitter, kind of pithy citrus. But there's not a whole lot of pine or dankness. I mean, there's a bite to it. There's a bitterness to the hop on the back end for sure. But it's more, the predominant thing to me is more the florality. It's more that chamomile. It's more that lavender. Those things are are definitely there. The malt makes itself known. It's crackery. It's peppery. Um, but it's just, it's it's surprisingly pithy. And I don't know where to put it on the category of like West Coast to East Coast. It's kind of neither one central um, coast so yeah. so it's like a chicago beer. it's chicago this beer is yeah. chicago uh it's it's very good the mouthfeel is uh light bodied maybe leaning towards medium uh with a surprisingly good carbonation um but it's very very drinkable i mean it's 6.5 percent it's not like a heavy ipa it's not overwhelmingly dank or bitter but it's also not um it's just not I, I think that for a lot of New England IPA people, um, this just isn't what they're looking for because it's just not it's just not that juicy thing. So that brings me to one reviewer on Beer Advocate who I'm not going to give their name out, but they did refer to this as a quote unquote throwback to the hoppier West Coast nature of the style. That's what he said, he or she said. I quote them, uh, quote, the hoppy edge is a return to an older style of six to seven years ago. Those days are gone. Uh, No, they're not. Fuck you, human. I'm not going to get their name out. Or robot, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is that made this comment, I'm not going to say anything except that they're from Massachusetts, which makes them a mass hole. You are wrong, sir. The West Coast IPA is not dead. We are here to defend it. That would be him, not the West yes, Coast IPA. Yes, correct. Okay. For the, yeah, for the reviewer, not for the West Coast style. It's uh, very much alive and well. Very much. I mean, well, it's, 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 
I would say it's endangered, but we're we're trying to <laughs> hold on to it. But that said, I don't think that this it's is an, an endangered exi- species <laughs> in the wild. I don't think this is a throwback to the West Coast IPA style as a thing. I think this is a middle of the it's a hybrid of those two scenarios. It's sort of like there's nothing about this that wouldn't please your standard IPA drinker. Um, but I don't even think like if you like sometimes when I think of like classic old school West Coast IPA, Dogfish Head 60 Minute comes to mind. Right. Yeah. This is not anywhere near as bitter as that beer is. This is not that kind of bite. It's it is citrusy. It's just not a juicy citrus. So like so the they took a there? they took a a West Coast style and brought it a little more east. Yeah, I mean I would say that this combination of of hops, the citra mosaic just make it incredibly citrusy. Um, there's not anything like a centennial in there to sort of like bring the the punch of the bitter. And also the malt bill is so complex with the two row and the Pilsner malt and the wheat and the mute. There's a lot of that going on that makes it very crackery. So it really drinks more like a pale ale to me than an IPA. That's Interesting. how I feel about it. Um, it's would you good. order Would you order it again if we were at the brewery? Sure. I mean... Probably not, but that's only because they have so many like IPAs there that I would want to try other ones. But um, I mean, this is an IPA heavy brewery. Like this is this place is one of the IPA houses, and they do a few other things, but like they do a lot of IPAs. Yeah, Um, that's true. But that's not because I don't like this beer. If you if you put like this on a menu, I would be inclined to order it. It's good. Yeah, for Um, sure. Or get it in a flight. Oh, easily in a flight would fit really well in a flight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about the brewery um, Let's do because it. we got another beer to drink. But it's its main beer company. Their motto is do what's right. Again, very streamlined aesthetic. You should know them if you see them in stores buy, again, these larger bottles. And they all have these white labels with just like, uh, what is that, Times New Roman font? I mean, it's just like... <laughs> <Yeah. what? laughs> I, I think just it as honestly clean, is. As it's just like, and, hey, look, this is what it is. Drink it and be quiet. Okay. Which I kind of love. Sure. Yeah. Um, it it's, was started it's a, by... It's a family affair. It is. Uh, Daniel and David Kleben are the guys. Uh, it, it started with uh, an idea, and then it kind of got shelved for a while, and then one of the brothers went to business school... And then, or something like that, or law school. And then law at some school. point, they had a craft brewing, like a homebrew kit, and they had fun doing that. And they just looked at each other and were like, do you want to be a lawyer or a brewer the rest of your life? And uh, that's how it came Daniel to be. Daniel said, I want to be a brewer, which is the correct answer. And <laughs> here we are. Mark. Good yeah, job. exactly. The first beer they made, they still make. It's called the Peeper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of my favorite beer names ever. Uh, Peeper. It's great. Peeper. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But that's I know not only is that their first beer they made, but it is another very, very popular one amongst people who love this brewery. For sure. And you see it on beer menus. And it's uh, it's it's a weird thing to say to a waiter when you go, can I have the Peeper? It just feels awkward. Can I get out. a Peeper or can I get no? the Peeper? Okay. A peeper. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. Sometimes it's just for us. <laughs> uh, it's And they're, like I said, they're they're a New England IPA house. Um, I don't 
know if I would, I don't think I would put them in the treehouse category, but they're in that world of like, they're one of the go-tos for really good IPAs. That's why their beers, uh, the one that we're drinking next has a quote unquote world-class status on Beer Advocate because they're just, they're really well known for these IPAs, especially the Peeper and the one that's coming up. So they expand. So they, they started, I think officially brewing beer in like, 2009 08 somewhere around there yeah it was it was one of those you know it, they say they they opened around the 2010 area so the, the the facility so they started brewing slightly before that they had a one barrel brew house on industrial way in maine and then it led eventually led to a much bigger facility and I believe they are still brewing out of that new, bigger facility. Yeah, and the the new facility is really nice. It's it's just sort of like a it's just like a bar, it looks like a barn, honestly. Uh, the front yeah. facade of it with that Times New Roman main beer company, uh, and then they're just solar paneled like crazy, just solar panels yeah. everywhere. Um, this is a brewery that really believes in giving back to the planet, giving back to the earth. They have this uh, program. It's called One Percent for the Planet. They pledge to give 1% of sales to environmental nonprofits, to name a few, Allied Whale, Center for Wildlife, Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, Bicycle Coalition of Maine, Royal River Conversation, Conservation Trust, Maine Coast Heritage Trust, Maine Audubon, Wolf's Neck Center, yada, 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 many, many more. But they give back and they also have the little insignia on all the bottles. If you're on YouTube, you can see it says 1%. For the planet. Recycle jabronis. Founded in 2009. I've made it official. And there we um, are. If See, we you, do our research. And if you care about Maine geography at all, they're in Freeport, Maine. So if you're like, well, where in Maine are they? It's a big state. They're in Freeport. They even say on their website they're primarily known for IPAs and pale ales, um, as well as their commitment to the environment. So that's what you're going to see there. Uh, this is not, uh, there's, listen, they aren't doing any barrel aging there. Hate to say it. Damn it. Although you should, guys. You should do that. Just saying, if you listen, you should get a barrel aging program involved. Um, or just get a barrel and put beer in it and just see what happens. It's yeah, easy. any kind of barrel. It's easy. I can do any, it in my sleep. Go to Home Depot. Ask if they have barrels. They probably don't. They'll send you beer. somewhere else and you'll find one eventually. It'll be great. They moved to a 15-barrel system and a 30-barrel fermenter, fermenter, which is what they're working on today. They are, uh, it is kind of shocking that they've taken this long to make it to the hop because they also, they have distribution, um, in like 38 states or something like that. Um, they're, they're kind of all over the place. So, uh, if you're trying to find them, they're in, they're in, they're 32 states and the district of Columbia. They're everywhere. Yeah. I I've seen this beer so much, um, especially at my local beer stores where we buy beer, you know, for the show, it's just, you know, in the, in the new England section in the IPA section, you can always find one or two options from this brewery. So they're, they're everywhere. 32 states. You know, what state isn't on the list, Gabe. What state isn't on the list, Steven? Montana! We just haven't done that in so long. I just it's been to a do while. It. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, Montanians, you guys are missing out. Mm. Okay, we have to move on. I'm feeling kind of... I gotta be honest, Gabe. Like, I'm feeling hungry. Like, like you want to eat, right? Yeah, like, it's almost like... 
like is it is it lunchtime? I think it's time to eat some lunch. It's the lunch India Pale Ale here in the flesh. It's the lunch. It's lunchtime, people. I I have wanted to have this beer on the show for so long because yes. I just wanted to say that. We're doing the lunch. Um, We're doing the lunch. It's apparently very popular. It's a very it's it's I think it's arguably their most popular beer. It's one of the uh, best beers. Up there with the peeper. And can I also just say, super fresh. I mean, both my beers were brewed at the end of June. And we're drinking it here on the last day of July, to out the day that we're recording. And we don't get to say that very often. Sometimes we're hiding those fucking dates. So I feel very proud to say this was brewed last month. Not only do I have the date, I have the time stamp. <laughs> this That's, was brewed at 9.30 wow. in the morning. This is 7.52, and the lunch is at 11.35. Well done, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, the ABV on this one is 7%, untapped 4.18. Beer Advocate has it as a 97. As I said before, that does qualify it in Beer Advocate terms. It's world class. And uh, here it is, and it's markedly darker in the glasses than it was than our previous beers were. On the SRM chart, I would put this somewhere in the realm of maybe an eight or a nine. It's pretty dark um, amber color. Uh, It's pretty hazy or uh, opaque or cloudy, I guess you would say. Very good head retention, about a centimeter thick, but it kind of looks like a pillowy white foam. Uh, Looks very good. Uh, there's a little bit of lacing. It's, it, it's sticking to the glass, but it's kind of running down kind of quickly, but it is there. It looks like an IPA. It smells like an IPA. It looks delicious. I'm so excited to get some lunch. The brewery refers to this as quote, our East coast version of a West coast IPA. I have no um, idea what that means, but they do say that there's intense hop flavors in here, aromas of tropical and citrus fruits and pine dominating as well as a subtle malt sweetness bringing beer into a balance we love balance the hops in here are amarillo centennial and simcoe i like that blend that's very fun to me i love a centennial hop uh and i love that it's not going to lean too heavy on the citrus side uh it's going to be a nice balance already just reading it i love it the malts are american two row caramel 40l Red Wheat, Munich, 10L, and Carapils. The website says, Lunch is a special whale that has been spotted off the main coast since 1982. She has what looks like a bite taken out of her fin, which adds to her unique character. I don't really know what we're talking about anymore. We dedicate this beer to her determination and persistence. Keep on swimming, keep on swimming. It literally says keep on swimming. I didn't just decide to start singing that. As amazing as that song is. Anywho. The no, I really like the nose. It's it's all yeah. the citrus and the orange and the grapefruit, but there is a sweetness to this, which I didn't find on the little whale boat. This has a sort of a candied citrus quality to it. I guess it's a little bit more tropical, definitely more like mango in this, but there's a, a sweeter quality to it, which may be some of the malt coming through as well. A little bit of honey, something a little earthy about it, and uh, some bitterness as well underneath it. Um, I like the blend. There's a little bit of dankness, though. There's a little bit of piney, uh, you know, hoppy bite smell. So I'm assuming, you know, at 
uh, 7% will get some sort of bite, if not a nibble, but we're going to get something and it smells earthy, it smells dank, and that is always fun and refreshing for us. And a beer that looks like this and smells like this, I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 just drink it and get at it. Uh, main beer company, known for their IPAs. This is Halloween. why. Yeah, classic, classic IPA. Solid notes, solid tastes. Um, it follows the nose, honestly, pretty well. Uh, this is the second beer for me for this company that's followed the nose pretty well, and that doesn't happen a lot, so that's pretty cool. Uh, orange. I'm getting a little bit of lemon. I'm getting a little bit of uh, grapefruit. There is a little bit of that tropicalness in the background, I guess. I feel like I'm getting more like orange, lemon, grapefruit more than the rest. A little bit of a hot bite. Nice bitterness in the back end. Uh, the mouthfeel's got great carbonation. It's a little higher than I thought it was going to be, but no problems there. Tastes really dope. I I like the pininess. Of it, uh, definitely tastes like seven percent. I'll give it. I'll give it that. Yeah, I think this beer is insanely drinkable. I think uh, I agree. It completely follows the nose. I think that the the taste is uh, you get a lot of citrus uh, at first, but there is a really nice backbone coming from primarily the caramel like malt uh, that, as they said, really brings it into balance, and it does. It complements the hoppiness. Uh, it's pretty dry in the mouth, I think, mouthfeel-wise. It's got a, um, a a nice bitterness and a bite to it that doesn't linger for too long. I see what they mean now about the East Coast-West Coast hybrid situation. I get it. It's It's got the West Coast bite. It's got the citrus of New England. Um, and those things come together in a really interesting balance. What I don't know what to do with is the whale boat that I had before it. Because it's like, well, the whale boat wasn't really New England or West Coast, but it also wasn't really a hybrid in the way that this is a hybrid, so I mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it. Um, so does the lunch make the whale boat like, less in value? Did it diminish some of it for you? I just wish the whale boat was called a pale ale and not an indie pale ale. Um, mm. I, I think that's what it comes down to for me. It's just like, it's good, and it's good as an IPA. The problem is it's just like, it's not it's not juicy enough to be one it's not bitter enough to be the other and it's and and this is also that case but this is more of a bitter IPA and bitterness mm-hmm. is kind of a distinguishing quality of an IPA so this lunch is more that than the whaleboat is which makes me le- left with the whaleboat going i think that's just a pale ale which is fine mm-hmm. it could be an american pale ale that works it it works just as well in that regard to me but what do I know? I just drink it. Uh, but back to the this, lunch. This beer makes me want to day drink just because when you eat lunch, you eat it during the day. So that you do. I mean, this would just be a perfect pairing. I I really like it. I think the malts, now that the more I sip it, the more I think about it, I think the malts are really coming forward in the background. I think they're a little bit stronger than what you would think, but it's not, you know, getting in the way. It's not ruining anything. I just think it's very present and it's very noticeable. And so you taste it and you're like, Oh, this, that, this, that, and that. Oh, and then there's the malty flavor to it. Like, yeah, it's in there. It's, it complements everything. Yeah. It's, it's insanely drinkable. And at 7%, you know, um, I just, this is the kind of thing that I, 
to be very honest, that like California just doesn't do as well with IPAs as the East Coast does. Maine Beer Company is uh, is known for their IPAs for a reason. This is a really good one. It's, you know, featuring the hops that are in there. It's an interesting blend of hops. It's unique without being, uh, you know, having any weird ingredients or anything like that. It's just an IPA, but it's just unique based on the blend and and the way they brewed it. And it's um, a really solid example of the style. And if you don't like this one, they have like six other IPAs for you to try. So they've got plenty the of other, options. The other thing is all of the beers we've had, not just mine, not just yours, all of the beers are super fucking fresh. Yeah. They yeah. they've been brewed a month ago. They've been they're very new, they're very clean, they're very perfect and it's how we should be testing these beers and it just it adds to the quality of it and it just shows you, you know, they this company knows what they're doing. They don't mess around. These these brothers figured it out. All right. Well, uh, Can Art and Crafts is on the docket. It means we have to go to it. This should be short and sweet, but we'll uh, we'll let you get at it. So here we go. Okay. Can Art and Crafts. Main Beer Co., your beers are good. Your artwork needs a little bit of flavor. So here we go. We're going to go. It doesn't make sense to go in order because most of these are the same. We've got just like a white logo. We've got Times 2 Robin, Main Beer Co., Freeport, Maine. On a tidy, beautiful thing, it's written in cursive, and it's got some turquoise coloring in the, in the font. That's nice. The lunch has a little. Now I see it. Now I kind of, I kind of do see a, a a whale fin, but it also kind of looks like a mountain. But lunch is just in big bright blue letters. That's kind of cool. Steven's got his uh, what you call it whale little tail, whale boat whale boat what whale tails a thong. Sorry, <laughs> whale boat. It's the same thing. You've got a little insignia, a little emblem there. I don't know what that is, but it looks like it's kind of just some trees and an island in yellow with a very, 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 I can't stress this enough, very small moon, almost microscopic, deep in the background, also in yellow. Yeah, so <laughs> this beer, this brewery does a lot of things right. I think their marketing could use a little help. That's the only negative thing I'm going to say, and therefore... For all these beers, I mean, I'll give I'll give the lunch a three point four, but the rest I got to give a solid three. There's really nothing going on, but that's okay. The bottles are big enough that I think if they're sitting next to other beers, you can't mistake it because of the size. So I'll give you I'll give each beer an extra point for that. So we'll bring the lunch up to a 4.3 just or four, whatever I said, just because of the size of the bottle. Bob Ross is here. Bob Ross agrees. And Bob Ross is happy because the locals are so white and plain that he now has a canvas to paint off of. So he's all set. So he's going to go paint. I'm going to put him down so he can do his thing. And that is another great edition of Can Arts and Crafts. You know, I got to respectfully disagree. I think sometimes a streamlined aesthetic can also be nice. You know, it's 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 reserved and that 
cohesiveness. I mean, you're the expert, but that cohesiveness is what gives them like that is their marketing. That is their brand. You know what I mean? Like you walk into the beer store, there's a lot of stuff going on. Brewery West, uh, some of the other ones we've done, um, you know, just some with the crazy artwork. Um, yeah. What's the one with the, the lizard thing that I. It's never literally heard. called Lizard King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, just a yeah. lot of stuff. And then you see the Maine beer. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's too much. And Maine is like, Maine. It's just, it's simple. It's clean. And you're like, it's Maine Beer Company. What? We are Maine. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's on tap at the brewery? Uh, the current tap list. What's currently being poured, if you rent there today, the Tiny Beautiful Something is there. They have something called their Black Barn Program. That is a program that is about being creative. Uh, it's about challenging the team to brew new things to, you know, go outside of their comfort zone. And that's where you find some really interesting stuff. It dates back to 2019. And it's included, it includes everything from they had a main special bitter, which I don't know what that is, but I can only assume it's an English special bitter that was brewed in Maine. Yeah, that sounds epic. That's where you find their Belgians. That's where you find their Imperial Stouts, a number of Dipas, a rye porter at one point in 2020. Uh, it's really interesting because most of them, they're just number. There are no names. So it's yeah. like, you know, number 19, IPA, number 28, Imperial Stout, and, and it goes in order. And so it's it's, it's a little interesting program that's, uh, you said these are brewed by the people at the brewery? It's challenging their team to brew new stuff. So it's a series of beers allowing the brewers to work with new styles, new recipes, new ingredients, different things like that. And then they go through lab testings and so... All that to say, what's currently on tap is number 33 and number 35, which is a black ale and an Irish dry stout, respectively. They have a series called Dinner, which <laughs> I guess Doesn't makes sense. Doesn't roll off the tongue as much as but it, lunch. But it makes sense as a follow-up, though. They just need a yeah, breakfast. Yeah. Like, their session should be called The Breakfast. That's true. Pitch idea. Main beer company. You heard it and here then, first. And then they need to have like a pa- another pale ale called the snack. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'll have the we snack. We could do this all day. But, uh, the dinner is their Dipa series. They've had a few of them. Um, and then they have all the beers that we're currently having. The lunch, the little whale boat, and the tiny beautiful something are all on tap, as well as the peeper holding it down. Peeper. Uh, and a few other ones. So that's what you can currently get there. I wanted to shout out the two beers, the Woods and Waters. Uh, it's They say, we brewed this special IPA to commemorate the establishment of the Katadin Woods and Waters National Monument. Beer for a cause, IPA, 6.2%. Lots of good flavor profile. And then I discovered this while reading about the brewery. Uh, the One of the owners, uh, David, I believe, the one who was... Well, they both started it, but David has a daughter named Zoe, and they have a beer called Zoe, and it's an amber ale, 7.2%. We love a good amber ale. On a rainy day in 2009, my five-year-old daughter Zoe and I were wandering the streets of Bar Harbor and stumbled across the Whale Museum. Zoe loved it. It put a smile on her face. Hopefully, our ale will do the same for you. Cheers. Absolutely. That's dope. Yeah, I can't even... That There's a lot of layers of loving that, um, besides it being a a durable uh <laughs> it's um a 7.2 percent amber ale yes please there you go scrum diddly umptious okay um 
we need to move on. But Main Beer Company is great. Uh, Gabe dinged him a little bit on the artwork. But I think the clean aesthetic is really interesting, unique, and different and deserves some some points. But the beers are great. The IPAs are great. I think they should get on some barrel aging stuff. Guys, it's just yeah. my pitch. You I would love to, to see... I would love to see them make a barrel age. I would also love to see them make a sour. What can you do with a sour? I feel like, you know, dealing with the environment and the earthiness, I feel like they could bring that sort of emphasis to a sour and it would be really unique and really different. That's true. If you have the resources, a feeder, fodder, fooder, fodder, fodder situation <laughs> at your brewery uh, could be really interesting in the tucked in the woods of Maine there. Um, That's true. All right, we're already running long. We have one more thing to do. Uh, here we go. Last call. <sighs> this one is a little nostalgic and a little sad because if you've been paying attention recently, you I'm sure you are aware and just as upset as most people are, that the Choco Taco Creamy Treat Dessert has been discontinued. Klondike has decided to cut it loose. It's no longer going to make it. They do say that they're going to try to bring it back. But as of right now, the Choco Taco is no more. Pour one out for the Choco Taco. Here's where it gets funny. People are losing their shit. I mean... Everyone is so upset about this. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who feels this way. And we found an article online with some hilarious ass quotes and just some general information. So here we go. The name of the article, Sorrow in Choco Taco Town After Summer Treat is Discontinued. Already hilarious. Basically, as I mentioned, Klondike's cutting it loose. A tech millionaire offered to buy it. A U.S. senator suggested that the government should force manufacturers to make it. I don't know how you would do that, but some would. Uh, one quote we had from Twitter from a fan was, there are bad decisions like getting a face tattoo or French kissing an alligator. Then there are horrific, horrifically, horrifically bad, inexcusable decisions like discontinuing the Choco Taco. Amen, fan. Amen. And then a U.S. senator from good old Connecticut, where the hell else, tweeted that he would invoke the Defense Production Act to mandate continued manufacture of Choco Tacos. Let's get the law involved. Steven, I, have I, you ever had a Choco Taco? <laughs> I've been silent. Uh, there are nuts atop this piece of... Yeah. I, I just... I Because, see, I have no stake in this game. I don't care about the Choco Taco I because I Blasphemy. can't eat it. Blasphemy. I can't eat it. So, you know, when you said ice cream inside a waffle cone taco with chocolate on top of it, I was all on board. Then you fucked it up with nuts. I don't know what that was about. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe their supply chain issue is nuts and they could just take the nuts off the fucking thing and then I could have it, you could have it, we all could have it. It would be great for everybody. I am generally I a fan of peanut products no longer being on the market. That is part of my mission in life. Oh, so you're pro this article, no, you bastard. No, I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm trying, basically I'm like sitting on the sidelines going, well, why are they discontinuing it? Like, if there's this much right. backlash, what's the problem with the Choco? I mean, it, 
is the machine is the piece of machinery they use to form a taco out of a waffle cone suddenly too expensive for them to operate? Like, what could possibly be the reason that Klondike is looking at their portfolio and going, okay, yeah, we got a little ice cream squares with the chocolate thing on it, and we got uh, a crunchy version of that, and we have a, whatever the hell else Klondike sells. But we have I to think, get rid of the taco. I think they do the drumstick. I know they have the, Klond- the classic Klondike bar. Yeah, my, I, I'm there with you on that. I don't understand. They've, the company's got to be doing well. I don't understand why you're cutting anything. Time out. Sorry. The drumstick, isn't that also ice cream in a waffle cone with chocolate and nuts? Yeah, yes, but... So is the shape of it the problem? I don't understand. As someone who can't eat these things, I don't get it. I'm just confused. It's funny to have your perspective on this. The the (laughs) legitimate quote from the company is, over the past two years, we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio and have had to make very tough decisions to ensure nationwide and necessary but unfortunate part of this is that sometimes we must discontinue products. I don't really good get that though. I don't really get it and I don't agree with it and neither does any of America. So, so many people are getting behind this. I have so many friends and family members that have been like, what the hell? Uh, people have offered to buy it. Uh, there was multimillionaire Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian called out someone on I don't know how to say that called out someone on Twitter and basically said listen I will buy the rights I will keep this train a moving and they ignored her so, so I just so I just solved it for everybody eat drumsticks problem solved you're welcome no um, you're it's welcome, not the same you're welcome America take it from one guy who can't eat either one of these products the same ingredients are involved you're welcome listen, I solved cho- the taco taco problem a Choco Taco saved my life once, and that's a story for another day. And that- <laughs> for the other three people that know about the story, if you know, you know, you know who you are. But the Choco Taco is so unbelievably good. It's apparently Taco Bell sold them for a while and stopped in like 20, 2015, which is which I think would discredit the value a little bit because it's Taco Bell. No shade. They're okay. But like, mm, no, I'd rather buy it at like a bodega or something. But I wish they would make Choco Tacos without nuts so you could experience it. It's so good. You said it. The the full description up until the nuts part, the description had you. I agree. It wasn't until you brought up the drumstick thing that I was like, well, yeah, this sucks. And then you brought up the drumstick thing and I was like, oh, so they still are making the choc- the Choco Taco just in a different shape. And now I've decided that all of you, you and the rest of America need to calm down. I do think it's funny that Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut, go Chris Murphy, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. But he We It had to have been a joke that he tweeted he would invoke the Defense Production Act. <laughs> For the, the record, government. the Defense Production Act is what was invoked to like keep businesses afloat during the pandemic. Like it like it like supersede, <laughs> like it like just gives money to companies basically so they can just keep producing stuff. Like they had to de- invoke the Defense Production Act to like keep hand sanitizer and like toilet paper on the market in 2020. And Remember we're going to use it now like, for Choco Tacos. Hey, 
it's what's necessary in the moment. You know, we don't know how much longer we're going to be here with all the crazy bullshit that's been happening in this world. Sometimes you want a chocolatey taco treat to make your day feel better. And if you're just as upset as I am, America, I'm with you. I'm Gabriel Apria. And I support this Choco Taco message. But there are drumsticks, though, which have the same Fuck ingredients. Fuck the drumsticks, Steven. <laughs> it's bullshit. I'm sick of the drumsticks. I shouldn't have even brought it up. You, but you did it. That's the point is that Ugh. the look on your face, like, it, like, listen, hop listeners, go to YouTube, just watch Gabe's face when I, when I said, isn't that the same thing? It is the answer. Like he, he realized in the moment you could see it on his face. It's like kind of not though because of the way it's shaped and the layers and where the placement of each item is. That's it, dumb. It's just, that's listen, dumb. The, the Taco Taco is a staple. We need to bring it back. I think we should get a petition. And a coalition, that's a word, and get it back on the market because I would like to see it again. And I, someone who's never had a Choco Taco, uh, just solved the problem for for the world. You know what we need to do for you before we wrap this up? Because I know we're running out of time. We got to figure out a way to get rid of your peanut allergy. There's got to be a medicine out there. (laughs) Yeah, I. so there are like treatments for that. They do have like... and. I went through a process once to see if I was like a candidate, right? And the first thing they do, they're like, okay, first we're going to do like a scratch test. So they do like, they put things on your wrist or whatever and they like try it. And they're like, once you get past that, then we'll do this next stage and this next stage and this next stage to make sure that you're like good to go. And then we'll like go through the process and we'll like desensitize you to your peanut allergy. They did the scratch test. That peanut shit blew up. They were like, yeah, you're going to be allergic for the rest of your life. So I was strapped. Yeah. Get out. They're like, <laughs> just carry that EpiPen because you're in it for the long haul. That's my man. <laughs> that sucks. Whatever. Sucks to be you. Okay. We have to go. Uh, the Twitter, the Instagram, it's at the HO podcast. You can send us an email with any suggestions you may have or feedback. Uh, if you want to comment on the Choco Taco, that's fine. It's the at gmail.com. Gabe is at Gaberade67. I am at Shakespeareist. We have had a great time. We'll be back in two weeks with something a little bit non-alcoholic. So tell your friends and family it's finally happening. And we'll see you then. Until then, uh, enjoy the uh, the dog days of summer, as they say. Ugh, stay cool out there. It's a heat wave. We love you guys. Drink good beer. Take care. Cheers.